You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 192. Today, we're going to help you discover the true secret to lasting happiness and emotional freedom in your life and your business. So, stay tuned. I'm James Wedmore, and I've built a multiple seven-figure internet business that offers the financial freedom to do what I want, when I want. And I'm the first to say that hard work and hustle are not essential ingredients for your success. So how do you build a thriving business from the inside out? Now with over 1.2 million downloads, this is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? James Wedmore here, and thank you so much for tuning in to another Monday edition of the Mind Your Business podcast. I'm trying to be some cool radio DJ, but there was no effects there, no filters, hashtag raw, hashtag real. How you doing? Happy Monday. I've got a phenomenal, mind-bending, soul-warping episode for you today that comes with one of the biggest disclaimers ever. If you're not ready to go down the rabbit hole further than you've ever been before, turn off this episode now. This is not something you've ever heard before. I'm interviewing New York Times bestselling author Robert Scheinfeld, and I've read a few of his books now, and holy cow, he will will take you down a time warp of your mind of your soul, and get you to question a lot of things that you think you know, and most likely you've never heard before, and will get you to question a lot in a beautiful, beautiful way. So I'm going to just say it, it's, it's really not for the faint of heart, but I don't think I have listeners with faint hearts here, <laughs> but he does have a wonderful gift for you. And it's kind of like the doorway. It's the gateway drug into his world. And it's his New York Times bestselling book, The Ultimate Key to Happiness. It's a great read. You know, there's, we, we talk about how there are thousands of books in the self-help category. There's blogs, there's courses, all these tips on how to be happy. I mean, every time you go on Instagram, someone's got 10 steps for more happiness in your life. And it's all these things you go out and do, right? Like be in the sun, play out, go outside, work out, blah, blah, blah. Like all these things to go do so you can be happy. His book is nothing like that. It really poo-poos that. It spits in the face of all of these things you have to do in order to be happy. It's a beautiful message, quite frankly. And I absolutely, absolutely love it. I love what Robert's doing. It's different but it works and he's been able to help so many people free themselves from this emotional tug of war, this emotional battle that he says you just can't win. So we have that in store for you today. I'm also excited because if you haven't saved the date, marked your calendar yet, now right now today on this podcast is the time to do it. October 8th, it's coming up fast. We are unleashing the eight-part series the rise of the digital CEO. You've been hearing me talk about it. You've been hearing me point out that the reason so many entrepreneurs struggle is not because they they don't have the latest funnel strategy, hack tactic, bot software system solution, right? How many people are chasing those latest and greatest, this is the thing that will solve all my problems. But instead, 
Most people are simply not wired for entrepreneurship. They don't think like an entrepreneur. And, and until we change how we think about business, how we see business, nothing out in our external environment, including our bank account, our email list, and our PayPal account is going to change. And that's what I want to help you do. So mark your calendars, October 8th. I'm super excited. We've been sharing a lot of really cool case studies as well, as you know, from a lot of our Business by Design students have, that have just been crushing it this year in 2018. 2018's their year. It ain't over yet. I want it to be your year as well. Also, if you've been following me on Facebook, then you know I recently released quite the controversial video. Holy cow. I actually honestly had no idea it was going to be as polarizing as it was. You know, there's like a lot of negativity. For those of you guys who don't know, just to fill it in on it, you can either find it on my Instagram, you find it on Facebook, you find it on my YouTube channel. The headline is, working harder doesn't make you more deserving. More work, working more, etc., doesn't make you deserving of more. And that really rubs people the wrong way. Quite frankly, the video is for entrepreneurs. So most of the people that got upset by it and triggered by it are people that are not wired for entrepreneurship and chances are they actually don't run their own business. And a lot of times I just had to come in and say like, hey, this is for entrepreneurs. But I want to point out a little bit about what I mean in that video. Or for anybody that maybe heard about it or you've heard me talk about it or you just saw the headline and didn't watch it, but you listen here because it's a big thing we talk about here. Your success, first of all, number one, is just a word and it's like you have your own dictionary of your life and if you open it up, success just has a blank meaning next to it. You have to put in that definition, right? Each individual has their own unique definition of success. Now I have a more broad stroke definition of the word that success is getting what you want as effortlessly as possible, as easily as possible. That's success, right? If it costs you your life, your health, your sanity, your, your family, your, your spouse, your children, everything to get it, is that really success? But I got that one thing. I mean, I sacrificed everything else in my life, but I got that one thing, right? And so I think the dangerous trap we can first fall into, which I don't want anyone falling into here, is thinking that success is correlated first and foremost in the definition sense to money. Like more money means more success because it's just such a thin slice of the entire picture. I would much more, and I think you all listeners here would agree with me too, admire and be impressed by the individual that's making $100,000 a year with no expenses, working an hour a day. Then somebody that's $3 million a year, 5% profit margin, 12 hours a day, right? So to just look at sales is such a thin slice of the entire picture. Really, your definition of success should include the entire spectrum of your life and your rules for that game, you know? What are the things that, that you will not do? What are the things that you're not willing to do in order to generate that? Like, for example, if someone has more money than you, but they did it by robbing a bank, does that make them more successful? No, of course not, right? Because your rules include not doing anything illegal, right? So we all have these rules. And I think it's, I think it's really important that we stop and really look and say, what does success look like for me? Because most people are taking on, most, probably everybody, taking on everyone else's definition of success and making it their own, right? 
So that's the first thing is that that's, that's very important. But I really want you to get as an entrepreneur that there is no direct correlation with your work ethic. Yeah, I mean, like ethic and effort are two different things, right? Like if we say ethic in terms of like, you say you're going to do something, you did it and you did it to the best of your ability. That's great. But, and I love that. Okay. But just relying on effort as the correlation, as the cause to the effect, right? Like hard work caused my success. The first thing we have to look at is if you are relying on hard work, you have to understand that you have limited yourself to the energy that you have, because if you don't have energy, you can't work hard. If you're exhausted, if you're tired, you can't generate success, okay? And you've also been limited by the hours in a day. Which means if you're like, oh, I made $100,000, definitely. And this is what a lot of people were saying on the videos. Like, and I've worked my tail off and I made 100000 It's like, that's great. So how are you expected to grow? How are you expected to increase that to 200000 Because if it's directly correlated to your work effort, then that tells me and yourself that you will have to work twice as hard or twice as long or both to double that revenue. And that's just physically impossible, right? Unless you're only working an hour in a day right now. Okay. So we all know we all have the same amount of hours in a day. And we all know that there are people out there that have, are generating more revenue. They're making more sales. They're making more money. They're more quote unquote successful by the way some people in society would deem it. Is it because they are working longer and harder than you at a proportional level? No. So what I said in the video is working hard guarantees nada. This is not about working harder and working longer. Rather, it's about working on the hard things, the things that are outside of your comfort zone, the things that put everything on the line, the things that where you are faced with criticism, judgment, rejection, the no, you know, the N-O, like, no, get out, get out of here, kid, <laughs> right? Those moments, those activities, those actions that put your butt on the line, what I call at-bat moments, where you're either going to hit a homer or strike out. And rarely are these things, as an entrepreneur, require hard work and effort. What they really require is your courage and your resilience. That has nothing to do with effort. One person who, you know, and I'll, tell, I'll share in a minute why people got so upset. It's should be pretty obvious at this point. But one person, he said, nothing gets done in my business or nothing. My business doesn't grow if I don't bust my tail, something like that, bust my ass. And I said, wouldn't it be more accurate to say nothing gets done or your business doesn't grow if a sale doesn't get made? And he just was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. But I have to show up to make the sale. And I was like, okay, but do you? We have sales team on in my company. And me showing up and asking for a sale isn't about hard work. There's nothing about effort in that. Yes, there's an action. I get that, right? The action of showing up and making a pitch or making an offer, but that's not hard work. That can actually be very easy and that can be very fun. Really where that word is, that hard comes in is what is so hard about that? Is it hard because we've made it hard? Because we don't like doing those things because they're uncomfortable or scary, right? Like I said, outside your comfort zone, but that doesn't require effort. And then of course, when we look at the beautiful, wonderful opportunities that we all have as online entrepreneurs, we go, wait a second, we can start thinking smarter, 
not harder, and think leverage and scale and realize you can make that one sale, that one ask, and you can do it with 10 people at once on a webinar or Facebook Live. 10 people? James, why not 100? Well, while we're at it, why not 1,000? So I've done webinars with five people and I've done webinars with 1,000 people because my webinar software only holds 1,000. It takes the same amount of effort to make a sale for those five people on a webinar as it does 1,000. So there is never, unless you want it to be, unless that's your story of success, there is never a direct correlation with how long and how hard you work and your success, how much revenue you'll make, et cetera, et cetera. I'm all about the less I do, the more I make, and you should be as well. All right, so why are people getting so upset on this? You have to understand that at an identity level, like who they are, who they believe themselves to be in the world, they have linked their worth and their value to their work ethic and their efforting of, of just hard work, which means I threatened that. Now, I didn't mean to. I'm not trying to threaten anybody's identity. They took that on you know, through their interpretation. But basically, if someone's trying to prove their worth in the world through how hard they work and someone says how hard you work doesn't determine your worth, they're going to get a little upset. So there was a lot of comments like, you're an effing idiot and all these things, right? Which says a lot about the person. And that's the message I really have for you before we get into today. And I think you're going to see some of that come out in today's episode with Robert. But I hope that you get after 190 plus episodes of this podcast that your value as a human being, your worthiness as a human being, and your deservedness, like what you deserve, first of all, foremost, is not contingent upon your effort. It's not contingent upon how hard you work and how long you work. Why? Because it was never effing in question in the first place. If you think you have to work harder to deserve the success you want, how will you know that you've worked? Like, what's the measurement system of when you'll know, oh, okay, I'm finally deserving of it. And who else is out there validating this? Is there some worthiness mayor that's measuring your output and then finally saying, all right, let's give her the green light, folks. She's got it. She's worked hard enough for this. It's just this entire illusion that we don't even question. So here's the thought to ponder before we go into this episode with Robert. Think of the goal, the outcome, the thing that you've been wanting in your business that's been a little sticky. Like you haven't really gotten it for a while. It's just not there yet. It still feels really far out of reach. And I want you to, when you think of it, I want you just to ask yourself this one question. Do I feel deserving of this outcome? Now I don't want you to say what you think but do you feel deserving? Do you feel like you deserve it? And some of you might be saying yes, and is it because you've worked for it or because you already deserved it? What if I told you that you are already always deserving of every single thing that you want in your life? That your deservedness, your worthiness, and your value never was and never will be in question. Wouldn't that be a little nice, a little freeing? Well, you can take it on as a concept, you can reject it as a concept, or you can begin to live this way. Might take a little bit of time, but imagine what becomes possible when you can get off 
that roller coaster, that merry-go-round of trying to prove to yourself and the world and this value mayor that doesn't exist that, hey, I'm worth it now. I've done enough to prove, I'm going to prove myself. I've got to convince everybody and myself that I'm worthy of it. You already are. Again, you don't have to take my word for it, but the scary alternative is you work yourself into the ground and wake up one day and say, wow, I still don't feel worthy. It was never in question in the first place. Okay, just a little food for thought. Let's get into our interview with my very special guest, Robert Scheinfeld. All right, Robert Scheinfeld is the New York Times bestselling author of the Wiley titles Busting Loose from the Money Game and The 11th Element, as well as The Invisible Path to Success. And for more than 20 years, he has helped people in more than 190 countries, creating extraordinary results in less time with less effort and with much more fun. His passion is helping others bust loose from their limitations so they can create and enjoy their ideal lifestyle. And today I'm talking with Robert on how you can discover the secret key to lasting happiness and emotional freedom in your life. And if you're an entrepreneur, this topic is required reading. So without further ado, let's go ahead and play that episode for you right now. All right. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am here with New York Times bestselling author, Robert Scheinfeld. Robert, how you doing? I'm great, James. It's a, it's a great pleasure to be here with you. It's definitely a pleasure to have you on the show. It's an honor. I've read a few of your books now. One of your books, which I have in front of me, which we're going to give our uh, listeners an opportunity to download for free, which is a very gracious gift of yours. The title is The Ultimate Key to Happiness, How to Be Truly Happy All the Time, No Matter What's Going On Around You. And I got to say, I think that's something, and I think you touch upon this in the book as well. Like, I think that's something everybody would like a little bit more of, right? A little bit more happiness in their life. That's something they're searching for. And I'll say, I've never read anything like this before. It was not what I was expecting, but in a, in a certain weird way, like I knew it was going to be different. And I'm excited to have a conversation with you today about that, but it's a different book. It's a different, if it's a different message than what's, what's out there for sure. Well, that's what I discovered. And part of why I discovered it and how I discovered it is because I was one of the unhappiest people on the planet. And I tried all the typical stuff, you know, from mainstream and doctors and psychological and scientific all the way out to woo-woo stuff and nothing worked for me. And so ultimately it was, all right, I got to throw away everything that's the popular stuff out there and go look for some other answers. And the answers that I found that finally solved the problem and turned everything around were radically different than the typical stuff people find. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, and we'll we'll get into those. I do want to start with like hearing a little bit about your origin story. Again, I think from all the material I've read, it's so radically different and and refreshing and jarring in a way, in a good way. I think I really want to hear a little bit more about your journey and and how you really came to discover this information. Can we start there? Sure. Well, at the time of this interview, I'm 61. And um, I grew up in a family with a grandfather that was just a gigantic success. He was an amazing guy. I mean, to this day, he was the happiest person that I've ever known. 
He played the piano brilliantly, played the guitar brilliantly. He was funny. He was brilliant. And from a money and business perspective, he turned an idea into one of the world's largest corporations that most of your audience probably knows, Manpower, the world's largest temporary help service. That last year, I think they did $20 billion in sales. So one of the world's biggest and most successful companies. And growing up in a family with this amazing guy, there were these weird rumblings, you know, that there was something mysterious about his success. And when I was a kid, I don't know if you were, James, or the people listening, but I was the kind of kid that really drives adults crazy, always in your face, asking you questions and <laughs> driving you nuts. And I was aware of these rumblings, you know, and so I kept bugging him. What's this big mystery and this big secret, Gramps, you know? And he wouldn't tell me and he wouldn't tell me and he wouldn't tell me. And then one day he finally said, all right, I'm going to answer your questions. And he said something to me that forever changed my life and, you know, longer than we have time for. But basically he said, they called me Bobby then, I go by Robert now, but he said, there's the visible world and there's the invisible world. And when most people try to produce results in life, they primarily focus on the visible world. And remember, this was, you know, 48 years ago. So some of these things are more understood and common now, but back then it wasn't. And he said, but the real power, the real answers, the real wisdom's in the invisible world. And he said, the idea for manpower, everything I needed to turn into such a big success, all my skills, everything, it all came from me learning about this invisible world. And that's the secret. And then he said something that is ultimately what led me to uh, my career and the unusual things that I've shared. And then he said, you know, Bobby, as you grow up, you're going to hear stuff that sounds like this. Invisible world and invisible power and subconscious mind and universal laws and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not talking about that. He said, I'm talking about something else that very few people know, and the people who do know, they rarely talk about it. And so what that built inside of me, I was 12, again, was a skepticism that if it's in a book that's easy to get, if it's in a, a video or a course that's easy to get, if it's really visible, that's not the answer. You know, and I tried all of that, but ultimately he planted this seed, dangled this thing in front of me. You know, there's this invisible source of power, wisdom, answers, and you need to find out what it is, and that's the secret. But then he died very shortly thereafter, suddenly and quickly, without giving me a user's guide or whatever. And so this thing was like a gigantic tease, but it shaped the whole rest of my life because I was a kid, but once I hit 20, it was all right. I'm going to go find out what he was talking about, and I'm going to learn how to do that because I wanted to be like him. I wanted to be rich. I wanted to have a gigantic company. I wanted to touch lives all over the world. I wanted to have luxuries and multiple homes and the whole deal. You know, I wanted everything, a happy marriage like he had. And, uh, and, and if that was the secret, then I wanted it. But I searched and searched and searched and I couldn't find it. And my life was a mess and I kept struggling and struggling with all these patterns. And as I said, I was one of the unhappiest people in the world. And the, the next big breakthrough, and then I'll stop. <laughs> no, this is great. <laughs> the intro is, 
one day, because one of the patterns, I don't know if this ever happened to you, James, or other people listening, but one of the things that was so hard for me is that I was really, really good at making money, including big money, but I was better at losing it. Mm. And I kept running this pattern no matter what I did of up, 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 crash and burn, up, 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 crash and burn. And every time I ran a cycle, the numbers got bigger. And when it got into the millions and I was married and I had two kids and a lifestyle everybody was thriving in and it looked like that was going to happen again and I was going to lose absolutely everything. And I couldn't understand why. And I'd been searching for years for this secret that Gramps dangled in front of me. I literally went out in my backyard and I looked up at the sky as if talking to whatever you want to call it, you know, God, intelligence, source, creator, whatever different names for it. And I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. And I have a very high threshold for pain, but I can't let my family suffer if I crash again. And, you know, you dangled this stuff in front of me when I was 12. I was 50 at this point. And I can't do this anymore. And I literally said, you got to, obviously I'm missing something and you need to show me what it is. You need to finally reveal what my grandfather teased me with, or you need to kill me and get me out of here because I cannot do this anymore. And nothing happened immediately, but eight months later, things started to move in my life. And I started to find these answers. And it took me, uh, I guess I would say, I don't know, eight, nine years to really see the whole picture, gathering a bunch of puzzle pieces and turn everything around. And, and then I thought, well, maybe this is just weird Robert's solution, you know, and it <laughs> wouldn't help anybody else. But I started sharing it and it started to help people all over the world as wild and out there and like you said different as it was and so it all came from two things you know this original conversation with my grandfather and we talked a couple more times on the phone but that was really it and then trying and searching and then getting toward the lowest low getting absolutely desperate and begging for help and then that led me to a lot of, I don't just call it outside the box, I call it dynamite the box kinds of answers and solutions and ways of producing results, solving problems, breaking these patterns that drive most people crazy and we don't understand why they keep repeating. And that's where it all came from. Wow. So just going over the story a little bit, there was this time when you had made millions, like you said, like in your fifties and stuff. But it's interesting, even though you had the money pattern of making and losing it, you knew that you hadn't found what your grandfather was talking about. You knew even then that like there was, there was more that was missing. Well, there were several points on my journey and, and the, the big money that I made and stuff originally was in my forties, but mm -hmm. there were a number of times where I thought, you know what? I think I finally nailed it. I think I finally found the secret and I really thought that I had. But then the cycle would continue to repeat. And another pattern I had was problems in romantic relationships. And another problem I had was being angry and frustrated and negative all the time. And most people didn't know it because I hit it mm. really well. And so ultimately, all of this stuff combined to know I don't have the answer yet. And that's why I finally went out in the backyard like that because. I mean, there are probably three or four times and then, you know, I've written five books and my first two books were what I thought was discovering what my grandfather had talked about. And it worked like magic until it didn't. And then there were some other times that I thought, OK, well, I think I finally got 
the missing links and the missing pieces. And I think I finally got the magic now. And then it turned out that I didn't. And, and then I hit that desperate point because it was like, come on. Yeah. This has been going on for 40 whatever years. And so I need to find out what the truth, the big truth with a capital T is, or uh, that's it. Right. Get me out of here. I'm not interested anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about what you share inside the ultimate key to happiness. So people that come to this book are usually looking to be happy want more however they're not feeling happy maybe they're in a similar state where you were where you're noticing that you were always angry or frustrated all the time so let's start there what's what's really the message that i just find man so different to what every other book around finding happiness what's the message there well let me first put it into context and then i'll literally answer your question Mm -hmm. what happened with me and what the people that come into my sphere of influence from all over the world tell me is this All day long, we're going about our business and something happens. And the next thing we know, we're feeling something. And if we're feeling happy or we're feeling peaceful or we're feeling excited, nobody cares. You know, they just enjoy that and that's great. But when we're going about our business and something happens, the next thing we know, we're feeling lousy, whatever you want to call it, angry, frustrated, depressed, afraid, you know, whatever, then We go to war with it, you know, because I don't like this and I don't want to feel this way. And so how can I make it stop? How can I make it go away? How can I make it shrink? And then we try to find ways to get rid of it. And I call these unwinnable wars because the thing is, all day long, this happens. Stuff happens to us. And the next thing we know, I'm angry. Now what? I'm scared. Now what? I'm feeling embarrassed. Now what? And it's up and we're feeling it. And we go to war with it, but there isn't any reliable, consistent way to win that war. And so every day we're being bounced around by our emotions. And so many people, of which I was the poster boy, (laughs) were being bounced around feeling lousy so much of the time. And when that happens, you're not at your best as an entrepreneur. You're not at your best in your relationships. You're not at your best anywhere on top of feeling bad. So besides just feeling bad, There are huge consequences to what I call fighting these unwinnable wars. And I did this for decades thinking, well, I'll finally find some magical whatever that anytime I'm unhappy, I can just do blah, 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 and then I'll be happy again, you know, Mm. except it never happened. And then one day I realized I'm never going to win this war. I never have. What is actually going on inside of me at the deepest level? That's causing, I said, you're going about your business and the next thing you know, I'm feeling something. Well, there's some process at work that causes that. And there's some mysterious something that causes certain emotions to feel good and certain emotions to feel bad. And I started to ask a different question, not how can I win this war, but what's actually going on here at the deepest level? And I need to know because this war is never going to end. If the stuff keeps coming up and then I fight it, I got to find a way to stop it from coming up or to stop it from feeling bad. And so I started asking a different question. And I remembered this thing my grandfather had said about invisible world. And I said, well, there's got to be something going on. And so all of a sudden I started looking at when I was angry, what's actually happening inside of me? that I'm calling angry, what's really going on? 
And that was the first step. And what I realized is, you know, we all just say, I'm angry, I'm frustrated, I'm happy, whatever. And we use these words and we don't really think about it. But I started to say, what is an emotion? I mean, what's even happening when I'm feeling? Whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. And I realized, and I invite everybody in your audience to verify this for yourself. It's not a theory. I was angry and I'd close my eyes and I'd say, what's going on inside of me that I'm calling angry? And what I realized is, there was something inside of me that was moving. I mean, that's really what an emotion is. If you think about it, you just forget the word. And most of us take this for granted. We never look at this. We never ask questions like this. It's just, I'm angry, I'm happy, I'm sad, I'm whatever. But again, to me, deeper, 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 deeper to get to the core truth with a capital T of what's really going on. That's what my whole life and my whole career has been about for myself and then to help other people to get relief myself and then to help other people. And so it was, wasn't good enough to just say, I'm angry. And so the first thing I realized, well, what's an emotion? Well, if I look, and again, this isn't a theory or an idea, verify this for yourself. Something mysterious is moving inside of you. And that's what an emotion is. And so I realized that. And then the next question was, all right, if this something is moving, and I just call it energy, lack of a better term, I'm not the first person to use that term. Why is it that certain forms of this mysterious something moving, this energy, we say are happy and feel good, and other things we say angry, frustrated, depressed, afraid, and, and feel bad? Well, well, what's the difference? What's really going on with the feel good ones and the feel bad ones? And so I started to dig deeper. And what I started to realize was two things are happening when we're experiencing emotions. There's this mysterious something that moves inside of us. And then there's a story that the mind makes up about it. I call it the mind machine. And it's two different things. So there's this movement of energy, if you will, this mysterious something that's moving inside of us. And then there's the story that the mind machine makes up about it. And the story has two parts. There's a name, happy, peaceful, sad, angry, frustrated, depressed, fear. And then there's the positive negative judgment. So the story has two pieces, a name and a judgment. And I realized, wow, there's actually two different things going on here. And then I realized the problem, the pain, the suffering, the struggle, the negativity, whatever, the feel bad was all coming from the story. The name we learn growing up, the judgment, positive or negative, we learn growing up, but that the movement of energy itself, the emotion itself without that mind story doesn't feel bad at all. The same exact thing if you take the story away and I experienced this. And then I realized something that's really fascinating and that I think everybody in the audience can identify with that, you know, I, again, I, I was 50 when this happened. I had never thought about this. I had never seen this. I'd never realized it. Never seen it in any book. But most of the people listening, they either, they, they love stories of some kind and probably movies are the most popular, maybe TV shows. Mm-hmm 
maybe some of your audience reads novels, reads stories and books. And when I was in the middle of this and, and the truth was starting to be revealed to me, I went to a movie. And in this movie for two hours, I felt, 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 felt. But all of a sudden I realized in the language I've used, I'm aware of this movement of energy. I'm aware of these emotions. I'm aware of these feelings in this movie, but there's no story. My mind does not stop and say during the two hours of a movie, oh, now I'm angry. Oh, now I'm happy. Oh, now I'm excited. Oh, now I'm sad. Oh, now I'm afraid. You know, the mind didn't engage and didn't tell the story. And at the end of the movie, if you really love a movie, that's what happens. Feel, 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 no story from the mind, no positive, negative. And there's some exceptions, but not many. And then at the end of the movie, if we love it, we say, oh, my God. <laughs> That was a great movie. I love that. We go tell our friends, you got to see that. But when we say I love a movie, I love that movie with some but very few exceptions. What we really mean is I felt, 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 felt with no story for two hours. But if we froze the moments, you know, I'm feeling something at 10 minutes into the movie. I felt something 40 minutes into the movie. I felt something an hour into the movie. What was it? We could call it. Anger, fear, uh, some form of discomfort, some form of negativity, except that isn't how we experienced it in the movie. And I went, aha, look at this. And I didn't use a technique. I didn't do anything. Nobody does anything. When you go to a movie, this is what happens. Mm -hmm. Or with a novel or a TV show. You just feel the pure movement of energy that I call it. No mind story, positive, negative, no mind story, anger, frustration, no name, just feel, feel, feel. And that seems to be one of the things that humans love most. I mean, that's why we go to movies, we watch TV shows, we watch sports, we play sports, we listen to music. It's the truth of why we do everything. It's what we, I think, secretly hunger for most is pure feeling without the story. And I thought, wow, look at that. But then I saw that happened in a movie, but it didn't happen in my life. When it was in my life, it was the mind would engage. This is angry. This is bad. I'm depressed. I feel like, shit, you know, and how can I get out of this? And it was that same. And, and But then I thought, well, wait a minute. I felt the same stuff in the movie last week. And then I started going to more movies so that I could actually experience this and get more of what was going on. And I realized, wait a minute, it's the same exact thing except it's not bad in a movie, but it's bad in my life. So how can I detach the story, you know, or stop it from being combined in my life like it happens in a movie? And I found a way to do that. Mm. And then it changed everything because then I could feel any emotion. And at the time of this interview, it's been six, seven years for me that I experience the wide variety of emotions, no techniques, I don't do anything. It's the natural thing that happens. I experience the wide variety of emotions, just like in a movie or TV show or novel or sports or whatever else, but no names come up and no judgments come up. And it's the same exact thing in my life all the time that happens naturally and automatically when we're in a movie. And it absolutely changed my life. And it has changed the lives of tens of thousands of people now all over the world who've discovered, wait a minute, there's a completely different way to experience emotions. 
And when this happens and the negativity isn't coming up anymore or we're not perceiving it because there's no story as negative, this unwinnable war that we fight every day, the bouncing around every day ends. You can enjoy absolutely every emotion because I, you know, there's a lot of people listening to this that have absolutely loved a movie. And a lot of time in that movie, there were some pretty major quote unquote negative feelings if you use the traditional definitions, except that's not how it seemed to them in the movie. And so this was a miracle. And ultimately, I bounced around for a while. Sometimes I would be able to experience emotions and, and no story. And sometimes the story would be back and it took a while. And then ultimately it locked in. And that's what I call true happiness. What most people, the fantasy is, there really are positive emotions that feel good. There really are negative emotions that feel bad. And what I hopefully will find a way to do is make all the negatives go away and just feel the positives. And nobody ever does that. Nobody. Yeah. Worldwide. The real answer is making the illusion of positive and negative go away, which is taking the story away. And then it changes everything. I think that's a, a big piece why your message is so unique and so different compared to, you know, the millions of books on happiness is uh, that are out there. Like, let's find a strategy for you to never feel a negative emotion ever again. Let's be happy 99% of the time for the rest of your life. And to even just bring in this analogy of film, especially for my listeners who know I have a background in film, like our job in writing a screenplay is to like, what is the emotion that we want to convey here? And most of the times it's a, what you would call normally a negative emotion. Where's the conflict? Where's the drama? Where, where can we make the stakes higher? Where can we make the characters uh, or the viewer, the audience's heart break here or feel scared or nervous? That is like directly correlated with the success and the ratings and reviews of the film. So it's a very interesting that that's where most books are is like, let's get rid of all that where you have just such a different approach would say like, what if this is, you know, from what I'm hearing is like, what if this is just part of the very nature of our human experience, but where the real issue is, is this judgment or this attachment that we're putting on this energy which is kind of like we're now putting another feeling on top of the feeling, right? It's like when I heard you tell your story about how frustrated and angry you secretly were for years, it was almost like, well, then you had an emotion about that as well, right? Like you were angry that you were so angry or you were upset that you were not happy more often. Yeah, double whammy. Mm -hmm. But see, the thing is, and this amazes me and it doesn't amaze me. Because to me, I'm a student of what is, not what I think and not what other people are saying. And there's always been this part of me that's like an objective scientist. And one day I woke up and I realized, like I said, the fantasy is, like you said, I'll find some way to just feel good all the time and, or I have some magical whatever that if I'm feeling bad, I can just blah, 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 and then I'll feel better again. But we can go decades, you know, and it never happens. And it never happens. I mean, you know, there's an exception to everything as a blip, but I've been all over the world now. I've been blessed to be able to share my message with people all over the world in all kinds of different languages, different cultures, different backgrounds, different everything. I've spent a lot of time in the last three years in China, which has been fascinating. And 
people are people and it's the same thing everywhere. Nobody ever achieves that goal. Nobody ever finds the magical technique. Nobody ever gets in the driver's seat. And the reason is nobody understands what's really going on that's causing the emotions in the first place. And they don't understand what splits it into the positive and the negative. And so there's no possible way to win a war like that when you don't even really know what's going on and you're being bounced around every day. But for some reason, it's this funny thing. And my flagship product that is my great passion now is called the ultimate freedom experience that kind of goes beyond this emotions into the whole rest of life. And it's, it, it's about how can we not see this? You know, how can we keep thinking I'm finally going to find this magical technique when nobody ever does. And we never have, I mean, we have such a capacity I've discovered. And I was like this to ignore this massive evidence that's staring us in the face that the typical prescriptions and techniques and solutions just don't work. And there's gotta be something else going on. This is where I was ultimately taken. And, and I got to figure out what it is because I got to fix my life. I don't want to keep suffering and struggling and having these ups and downs and crashes and burns, but this evidence stares all of us in the face that nobody ever finds that magic bullet and everybody struggles with their emotions. And sometimes we go through phases where we're happier, we're more peaceful, but everybody, if it's not every day, then it's most days, going about your business, whammo, a process that you have no control over, that you, you know, we don't choose to be angry or to be depressed or to be frustrated or whatever, it just happens. And then we notice, oh my God, I'm blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But it just happens. And that's what I finally, again, got, tired of and frustrated by and desperate about is that I don't want to live this way. So what's this mysterious process that causes that? And can it be changed? And what's really going on here? And I found out the things that we've talked about. And when this happens, it's literally a miracle. And there's the double whammy, the opposite of what you said before about the double negative. There's a double positive that comes I call it getting into a truthful with a capital T relationship with your emotion, which is when you just experience the emotion, the energy, I call it the pure raw experience without the mind story. Not only do you feel better, not only can you enjoy all of the emotions and not feel struggling, suffering, whatever, but you're better in business and you don't fly off the handle and say things that you don't mean, you know, in your relationships. And then you got to deal with that mess and you don't, you're at your best in terms of creativity flowing and getting ideas for your business and your relationships being smoother and not fighting with other people. I mean, the benefits just go on and on and on and on when this transforms and I'm not special and you don't need to be special and you don't need to spend thousands of years or, spend hours in meditation or any kind of a technique or whatever. It's a journey that you take. And the net effect of the journey is this mind story separates just like it does automatically and naturally in a movie. It separates in your life. And the next thing you know, your natural automatic experience of emotions is different. You're not fighting it. You're not trying to change it. You're not trying to drink or exercise or something to try and numb it or whatever else because people have different ways they try to. It changes everything and then it ripples out and it changes everything in your life. And by going to the same kind of deeper level, 
there's other things because we struggle with our thoughts and we struggle with patterns that repeat in our lives with relationships and business or our bodies or whatever else it is. And there's the same capacity to get down to the deep, 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 deep level. What's really going on here? What's really causing this? What's the truth at the deepest level of why I am the way I am and these things are happening? And then for changes to be made that ripple up and out and, and transform your life in ways that nothing else does and that are permanent and that end these unwinnable wars we fight every day. It's, it, to me, it's the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. And you said before, you know, about honor. It, it, it's my honor to be able to share this and help other people with it, speaking from deep experience, you know? Yeah. Not theory or philosophy or something I learned in a book, but from deep experience of having taken this journey myself. Well, I want to quickly recap and make sure that I'm on page that I'm, you know, learning this effectively. Basically, something happens in our lives and we start to feel negative, what we perceive as a negative emotion, right? Lousy, angry, depressed, these, these words that we put on it. And then of course, there's like what we talk about that double negative, which is then we probably feel lousy for feeling lousy. I know I've been there. Well, so, can I interject one quick thing? Yeah, of course. What happens is we're going about our life and something happens. And at this point, it's the same thing as a movie. Something happens and we start to feel. This energy starts to move. Then the mind looks at this energy moving. And it then says, oh, I know what that is. That's anger and that feels bad. That's depressed and that feels bad. That's fear and I don't like that. And then the mind, it's hard to put this into words, it tells us that and we believe it. Mm -hmm. And so then we think, I'm angry and I'm feeling bad. I'm depressed and I'm feeling bad. And then the double whammy that you said about and I, I'm feeling bad about feeling bad. But it starts with something happens, we just start to feel just like in a movie. And when we first start to feel, there's no problem with it until the mind looks at it and attaches the name and the positive negative judgment tells us that. But this is lightning fast. You know, we right. don't even notice that it's happening. And then we buy into the story. It's like we've been hypnotized. And then we think I'm feeling lousy. And, and what can I do to get out of this? That, but I think that's just such a huge piece of it is, is I found myself, oh, no, no, this is now, this is bad. How do I get out of it? How do I get out of it? And that doesn't really seem like the best solution. It so, seems logical. Yeah. <laughs> How do I stop feeling this way? Nobody ever does it. And if they are able to stick, but really to me, the brutally honest truth with some exceptions, there's exceptions to everything, is that for most people, what really happens is something happens what I just said happens, energy starts to move, the mind gets a hold of it, gives it the negative judgment. We think we're suffering and struggling and then we wait for it to go away. And we try all this stuff and maybe sometimes it appears to work, most of the time it doesn't from my bias and my experience. And then ultimately it lets go of us, you know? It mm -hmm. changes and we don't usually think about it consciously, oh, thank God, you know, I'm not feeling that way anymore. But it, it kind of like this thing grabs us and it shakes us all about and we feel lousy and then at some point it lets go of us and then we, we're on with our life until it grabs us again. But on this journey, 
when you get to this deepest level and the mind stories separate and then ultimately they never get attached because that's what happens in the movie. The mind just shuts up when we're in a movie. It doesn't tell us the story. The yeah. movement of energy is there. We're feeling just like we do in our life, but the mind looks at it and basically it says, this is a movie. It's not real. I don't need to worry about this, whatever. It's not personal. And so the mind doesn't hypnotize us into thinking I'm feeling bad. You know, that's the big difference. It changes. So I think the obvious question that our listeners would be asking is, so how do we go about separating that energy from the story? Well, here's the thing that on the one hand may seem like bad news, but it's not bad news. It's really good news is that there isn't a technique to do it. There isn't some form of C4 explosive, you know, that you can <laughs> somehow insert into this and it separates the story. It's something that happens when you take a journey and lack of a better term, you partner with the intelligence with a capital I, that's who you really are. You know, the more spiritual part of you, the deeper part of you, whatever you want to call it. And it's that part that does this. And it comes from taking a journey. And this may sound kind of weird, but even if you don't believe in that, someone listening or whatever sounds woo-woo or whatever, it, it's something that happens. And it starts with the same kind of a thing that I started out telling about my story, which is it starts with the next time that you're feeling something. And it could be what you consider positive or negative. The opportunity, and my invitation to you would be, next time that you're aware, and sometimes it happens and we just, you know, we don't really notice we're too busy or whatever. But the opportunity is close your eyes and ask yourself the question, what's going on right now inside of me that I'm calling whatever it is? Anger, depression, happy, sad, peaceful. I say to people when I coach them on this stuff, when they're going through one of my programs, take the word and put it on a shelf. Instead of just saying, oh, I'm angry, you know, I'm frustrated, whatever. Put the word, put the mind story, whatever, on a shelf and look what's actually happening inside of you that you're calling that. Or you could say your mind's calling that. And in the beginning, it's hard because this is it's so ingrained the mind adding the story and it's lightning fast and and it seems like no i'm just angry and it just feels bad you know that's just the way it is because it we're so used to it we're not used to looking at this but where it starts is looking and that's the big magic of where it starts is next time you're really feeling something and the bigger it is the greater the opportunity and it's easier to close your eyes you don't need to and then again, as, as we mentioned, we're going to give people a free copy of this book and the book will help you too, because it continues to tell the truth about all of this and all of that supports a shift in taking place. But it starts with actually looking. And the second piece of it, like I said, is look at what happens when you're watching a movie. I watched an old movie last night called Executive Decision. Hmm. And it was two hours and it was about these terrorists that had hijacked an airplane and were going to dump nerve gas and kill most of the people in the eastern seaboard of the U.S. And I, I loved this movie. It's a great story, like you said before, about what makes great filmmaking, you know. But I would say out of a two hour movie, 
at least an hour of it, if not an hour and a quarter, there were emotions that were up that in normal life, as you mentioned, we would call negative, except I didn't feel it that way. And so most times, you know, this happens. We experience emotions in a movie, but the mind doesn't say good, bad, doesn't give it a name. It just happens. But we just experience that. We don't think about it. So my invitation to you is next time you go to a movie or read a novel or watch a TV show or in your life and you're really feeling something, be a little bit more mindful. And again, it's usually easier to close your eyes and say, what's really going on right now? And the first thing you'll discover is, yes, there's something mysterious moving inside of me. And that's what an emotion is. And then as you keep looking, what's really happening inside of me that I'm calling happy, that I'm calling sad, angry, frustrated, whatever, what's actually happening? You begin to see and verify for yourself what I've said. There's this something that's moving. And then somehow I call it a mental magic trick. It gets turned into anger and bad, depressed and bad, happy and good. And you can actually verify for yourself what's happening that I've narrated here as an idea and a concept. And that begins to break the pattern. And then you continue to be more and more mindful because it just happens to you. And then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper, more and more frequent. And if you take this journey and if you read the book, be prepared. There is not usually an aha moment, a lightning bolt moment where everything just changes in an instant. I mean, it could happen that way, but it doesn't usually, and it didn't for me. It's a little bit of truthful relationship with what's going on, and then you get sucked in, and I'm angry, and I feel bad again, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's a moment where you're experiencing the truth of it, and then you get sucked in again, and it's a journey that unfolds over time until ultimately this new way of being locks in the stories permanently disengage, and you can feel anything just like a movie, but it's not ever negative. It's not ever bad. It can all be enjoyed and appreciated. And then some of the stuff that you used to struggle with can also disappear. I mean, right now, if what I used to call anger, that I was angry all the time, frustrated all the time, if that movement of energy appeared inside of me, I could experience it just like in a movie, and it's not a problem. But it also just doesn't come up as much. I mean, I'm not numb. I, if anything, I feel more than I did the way that I used to be. But there's, again, no story. So it's all enjoyable like a movie. Wow. And the other thing I wanted to say so I don't forget, just because I, I want to plant this seed, I call it a truth virus injection. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time for everybody listening when you were a child. You didn't know what anger was. You didn't know what frustration was. You didn't know what happiness was. You did feel, in my language, you were aware of movements of energy inside of you, but you had not yet learned. The mind did not yet have its story. Oh, this is anger and it feels bad. All of that's learned. And it's learned in different languages because, you know, in English, we call it anger, frustration, depression. Well, that's not the word in Chinese. That's not the word in Japanese. The mm -hmm. negative's the same, but the words are different. All of it's learned. If it was just that there really are positive emotions and there really are negative emotions and the negatives really do feel bad, there'd be no way out of this. You would just continue to suffer. But because that's not true, because there is the emotion itself, Again, I call it the pure raw experience. 
And then there's the mind story and they're two different things. And the problem's always in the mind story because they are two different things. The story can disappear and you can permanently end suffering, negativity, struggle, pain, and all the things, you know, the names we have, anger, frustration, whatever it is for you, because it's what I call a big lie, it can change. If it really was the truth that there's positive and negative, the positives are good, the negatives are bad, then there'd be no way out of this. But it's not true. And that's what opens the door to this radically different experience. And you could say you unlearn what the mind learned. You go back to the kind of natural state that you had as a kid and that you have when you're in the movies. You go back to that. What the mind did growing up for all of us gets undone, and then it leads to a natural, automatic, every day, no matter what, different experience of emotions. And it literally is a miracle. And this state of pure, raw experience is really what you mean when you talk about how to be happy. Like this is your new definition of how to be truly happy all the time. Truly happy means the ability to experience the wide variety of emotions that are the blessing and miracle of being human, but without the stories, Mm. without the names, without the negative judgments, being able to feel everything. And again, it isn't some woo-woo theory because this happens to everybody listening and we're all different. So most people that I know all over the world love movies. There's a few people that don't. And then I'll say, well then use the example of reading a novel or watching a TV show. But for some people, the best place to see this is with sports. Either they play the sport. I'm sure this happens to you, James, when you surf. Mm -hmm. There's a movement of energy that happens when you're riding a wave that's just delicious. And there's something happening inside of you that you would say, I love surfing. You know, those are the words. But what you mean is... Something happens inside of you when you're surfing that you call positive. Well, it's this movement of energy, you know, that happens when you surf. So for some people, it could be movie that's going to be the best, easiest place to see the truth of what's going on. For other people, it might be sports or or surfing or reading a novel, you know, or it'll just be something happens in your life and you close your eyes and you do what I said. You ask yourself, well, what's really going on here that I'm calling Anger, what's really happening inside of me? Let's take a fresh look. But there's the opportunity to to see, not understand, because that won't do you any good, but to actually experience the truth of this. There is always the pure, raw experience, and it always happens first. Just like you're in a movie, and they do something up on the screen, and boom, you're feeling. You know, same thing with our life. This energy starts to move in our lives. No problem with it till the mind gets a hold of it. So all that has to happen is one little shift that the mind doesn't grab it. I call it hijack it and give it the name and the, the negative judgment. And that happens as a result of taking this journey. And there are different ways to take the journey. The book can help you. I have programs online and live and I coach people to help them with this kind of stuff. Some people that's important. Some people it's not necessary, but it's a journey that over time disengages the mind in the simplest language and takes you back to this pure way that you were as a kid and this pure way that you are when you're watching a movie, watching a great TV show, listening to music, playing sports, watching sports, surfing, 
whatever, yeah. it undoes the damage <laughs> that was done to all of us growing up. That's what really caused this problem in the first place. And again, it's it's amazing. It's a miracle. And the good news is, if I just got up here and told you this stuff, the mind could say, well, I don't agree with that. You know, <laughs> anger is just bad and, you know, whatever. But you've all had this experience a lot. Again, in movies, TV shows, watching sports, playing sports, listening to music, dancing, surfing, whatever, you've had this experience of the pure, raw experience of emotion, looking at all of it with all of its variety as positive and welcome, and I call it delicious. That's my favorite word mm. for a positive experience. You've all had this experience. And so it isn't just some woo-woo whatever. It's a very tangible, practical experience that you have all the time. And it just has to get ported over to all of your life instead of just pockets of it. And that's what I discovered a way to do. So we'll link this up in the show notes. So first of all, Robert, thank you so much for the gift of offering a free version of, of your book. I highly recommend it to all of our listeners. I read it. I had everyone in the office read it. It's it's so like, so, I mean, it, it's going to recap exactly what Robert has shared here. It's going to take you deeper. It is going to take you on a bit of a journey because one of the things that I experience is like, it's so much easier to get present to an emotional state or the energy you're feeling when you're in the story of, of an emotion. And then while you're reading the book and then you can get present to like, wait a second, what is going on here? So I, I absolutely love that experience. But before we wrap up, so I, I do want to get clear. We'll have that linked up for you guys. So please check the show notes and we'll, we'll uh, make sure you guys get access to that book. But before I wrap up, I wanted to have you start to kind of tease, because this is just like the tip of the iceberg. I want you to kind of tease what you do definitely tease in the book, which is this concept of the red pill. And like, this is really just scratching the surface on some of the work. And I was wondering if we can kind of just like open that door for some of our listeners who want to go even further. Can we go there? Sure. Do you think most of the, your audience has seen The Matrix? I would hope so. It's one of my favorite movies, so they better have. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, if you look at The Matrix, and if you're listening and you haven't seen The Matrix... I strongly suggest that you watch it, not just to put some meat on the bones of what I'm about to say, but because in the first movie of The Matrix, it's a trilogy, there's so much what I call truth with a capital T hidden within a great story. So, But for those of you that know the story, the character Neo is in search of the truth with a capital T, the big truth, the spiritual truth, whatever you want to call it. And he finds out there's this guy named Morpheus that knows the truth, and so he tries to find this guy. And finally, he finds this guy and he gives him a pill, a red pill. He didn't teach him techniques. He didn't give him a bunch of knowledge. He didn't have him read a book. He gave him a pill and the pill changed. It set something into motion. It changed him. It began what I call a journey that changed him. But he wasn't given techniques. He wasn't given ideas and concepts. He wasn't told to think about something. He wasn't told to try to manifest or attract or create a reality. He took this pill and it changed him. And this is one of the interesting things that's been part of my journey is that I've always been blessed by having very unusual content to share. But for me, the big challenge was, do we have time for me to explain something else here? Absolutely. 
All right. Well, when I, you may know, James, other people may know, you may not. I actually got my start teaching, hmm. working with Tony Robbins when I was in my 30s. And I, I owned a franchise to offer his stuff. And I also taught at his live events. And when I first went down that road, I found out that there is this term in the personal development, self-help, success, whatever you want to call it, self-help's a good label business that's called the suntan effect. And they told me this is the biggest problem in our industry is that somebody, they go to a workshop, they read a book, they whatever, and they feel invincible and powerful and like they can do anything and they get all pumped up and it's like the equivalent of going out in the sun and getting a tan. And then they go back to their life and nothing really changes. It all fades like a tan. And I noticed that that happened. And so when I broke out on my own and I started teaching the, the unusual things we've been talking about here, my challenge was, okay, I got this great stuff. It's very different and it gets deep, 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 deep to the truth with a capital T of things. But how can I share this with other people so that it doesn't give them a suntan? How can I somehow, and it isn't totally within my control. The truth is it's, it's not in the control of any teacher, you know, but mm -hmm. um, what can I do to increase the odds that someone's actually going to change, that something's going to happen? And what I realized is you can't just give them a big to-do list. You can't just give them a bunch of instructions and a bunch of techniques to get the best truthful results. You have to find a way to change them when you have them. Set something into motion like the red pill. I mean, again, Neo swallowed this and a whole series of things happened. He didn't do it. He didn't choose it. It wasn't in his control. He'd add this pill and something happened. And that's what I wanted to be able to do through working with people. And the experiences that I offer is create a dynamic that's like that red pill. You go through this experience and the experience itself, like the red pill, changes you. It's not a series of techniques. I mean, the earlier stuff I taught, there were techniques. The Busting Loose book you mentioned, there were four tools in that. My earlier books, there were tools and techniques. But with the ultimate key to happiness that we're talking about here, with the ultimate freedom experience, that's, again, my great love and passion and my flagship, the way I can help people the most. There aren't any techniques. There aren't any repetitive practices. There aren't any methods. You go through this experience and it's designed to change you at the deepest level permanently and to set something in motion. Because again, in the matrix, he took this red pill and stuff started to happen immediately and things changed immediately. But then he had to take a journey and Morpheus helped him but he had to take a journey until he really was able to tap his full power as the one. It didn't happen. Some stuff happened instantaneously, but it wasn't until he had a whole bunch of experiences and this rippled out the red pill and, and, and the teachings that Morpheus gave him. I call them truth virus injections. That's my term for mm -hmm. what I help people to do. I set things into motion and I call them truth virus injections because it's like a virus that gets into your system and changes you in a really good way without you using techniques or having to do something every day or whatever, fight these unwinnable wars. And so I spent, geez, I don't even know, 20 years trying to find a way to do this. And there's nothing that's guaranteed to work for everybody, brutally honest. There never has been, there never will be. But I found a way 
to create that kind of a dynamic where people, and the book is designed, the ultimate key to happiness book is designed to be like that. You read it, you get these truth virus injections as you're turning the pages, it changes you as you're turning the pages and then it starts you on a journey that over time, again, not lightning bolt instantaneous moment, but over time, like Neo, you change and then you change more and it just happens because something's been set into motion. And that was my fantasy and that's what the ultimate freedom experience is designed to do. When I do it live, it's five days. There's an online version that unfolds over seven weeks and that's what it's designed to do. You go through this, you get these massive truth virus injections or you could think of it as a massive software update to your own personal operating system that then gets installed over time and changes you over time. And then the next thing you know, you start waking up and you're different. Anyway, that, that's been my passion. My goal is to find a way to do that and then to do it better and better and better instead of giving somebody a whole bunch of techniques and a huge to-do list and now go get them, Tiger, when you go back to your <laughs> life because it just doesn't... I mean, there's exceptions to everything, but it didn't for me and most of the people that come to me. That doesn't lead to the ultimate big, big breakthroughs and experiences of truth with a capital T, but these truth virus injections and going deeper, 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 deeper to get to the core of what's really going on, that's the magic. Yeah. And without techniques, without tools, without repetitive practices, without what you would consider effort or proactive, whatever, you change because this something gets set into motion like the red pill did. And then Morpheus, you know, added to that literally in the movie, which I play that role for some people. And again, some people don't need it from me. Mm -hmm. Well, where uh, might we go if we wanted to learn more about your uh, flagship program, Ultimate Freedom Experience, or your live events? You can go to robertscheinfeld.com. People will be able to see the spelling of it, I, I, I guess, in your show notes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can download a guide. There's a free training. There's information within the book if you get a free copy of the book that will lead you to that. But there's a special... It's actually an eight-part training that I did, which, James, thank you. I was inspired by you doing that. Oh, awesome. <laughs> that takes you deeper and deeper and deeper into not just the emotions piece, but it, it's all about what ultimate freedom really means and truth virus injections and, and what my work and my life mission and purpose has been all about. It's all revealed in this eight-part free video training. And then it tells you all about what the ultimate freedom experience is like if you want to do it live or you want to do it. I, don't, I only do it a few times a year live in the United States in English, and then I do it in other languages if I'm invited, but it's available 24-7 as an online experience, and the online experience was filmed at a live experience, so it has a lot in common with it. And you can find out about all of it as well as get the link to download a free PDF copy of the Ultimate Key to Happiness book, and that'll let you know what it's all about and what's possible. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Robert, and I really, really appreciate you taking the time sharing this. I feel like we've just scratched the surface, but it's so fascinating. It's so unique and like eye-opening. It really is like taking the red pill, so I get that. Guys, we'll link it up in the show notes. Make sure, step number one, download the Ultimate Key to Happiness, the free PDF of Robert's book. It's a ride. 
it's definitely a, a roller coaster. I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, this episode has been a bit of a roller coaster and you know, it's been awesome. So thank you. Any final words, thoughts, observations, or comments before we uh, wrap up this episode? I just want to reinforce what I said is that the real key to everything that you really want is you just have to go deeper than you've ever gone before to get to the core of what's really going on. And most often to my bias and experience, what's really going on does not match the party line of what we're told is going on. But when you find out the big truth with a capital T of what's really going on, what's really causing everything that happens to you, whether you'd call it good or bad, you know, whether it's money, relationships, emotions or whatever, there's this hidden story that we've never been told. And when you find out what it is and you get to this deepest level underneath all the stuff that's the popular best-selling whatever's out there, that's where the magic is. And that's what I invite you to do. Commit to going to the deepest level to really find out the truth with a capital T of what's really going on. And that's where the real power, the real magic and true transformation with capital T's really comes from. And it's the only thing that ever worked for me. And the vast majority, again, now it's hundreds of thousands of people all over the world. Same thing. Felt like they were beating their heads against a wall, trying the typical formulas and prescriptions for changing your life and achieving your goals and everything. And then ultimately discovering, taking this journey down to the deepest level, discovering the truth of what's really going on, which again, my grandfather was pointing to this, you know, when I was 12, but it took me, 40 whatever years to find out what was really going on. But then I could see it's exactly what he told me when I was a kid. Hmm. I want to thank you for spending 40 years of your life going deeper than most people to discover this and to share it with so many people, including here today. So thank you, Robert. This has been amazing. Again, guys, we can go to robertscheinfeld.com. We'll have everything linked up in the show notes for you guys, including the link to get to free PDF version of Robert's book, The Ultimate Key to Happiness, as well as information on his live events and his flagship program, The Ultimate Freedom Experience. I'm actually excited to go through that myself. So thank you, Robert. And thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Mind Your Business podcast. We'll see you all next week. Take care. The most, in my opinion, the most generous business training that I have ever seen put out on the market. When I sold my first $200, I said, well, it's possible. Then I sold the first 10,000 and 20,000 and 30,000. And when I actually think that, that I have actually done some of this work, in my house or in my office, in a pair of shorts, serving and adding value to people, all I can say is that it's possible. It's powerfully shifted my business journey completely 180. Eight out of 10 businesses will fail within their first 18 months. That's because there's one vital mistake that all struggling entrepreneurs are making and they don't even realize it. They're ignoring the fact that most people are simply not wired for entrepreneurship. Join me this October 8th for the special eight-part mini-series designed to show you how the successful six and seven-figure entrepreneurs actually think about business, 
growth, and success, and how you too can step into the role that you were meant for in your business. Get ready for the rise of the digital CEO. For more information, visit jameswedmore.com forward slash rise right now.